You are now listening to the Think 180 podcast from Inc. 180 Ministries in Chicago, Illinois. Hello and welcome. Please stand by. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Think 180 podcast. This is Chris Baker from Inc. 180 in Oswego, Illinois. Joined, as always, by my friend Kyle Craning. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Special guest today. One of my friends. I love this dude. Um, for a lot of reasons. He's just an amazing human being. I love him. We wanted to bring him in to talk about some really important stuff today. Alderman Joel Frieders. Good morning. Clap, clap, clap. Good yes. morning. <laughs> and if you heard him singing over that tool, it's probably because he was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just wanted to, you know, it's good to get back and uh, getting ready for Christmas. Got stuff coming up. But, I, you know, Kyle had, he sent me a text the other day. He's like, hey, you think we could get Joel to come in today to talk? Because we've been following a lot of things that Joel's been doing. And I met Joel and his dad not long after I started Inc. 180. And they came to the house and met with me to talk about what we were doing. And, um, have just been super supportive from the start and we've become really good friends and I love what he does, his heart and everything. He's just one of the most real people I've ever met in my life. So we'll get into it, man. <laughs> you're doing a lot. You're doing a lot of amazing things that I really respect a lot that really touch my life and the lives of really pretty much everybody that's going to listen to this, um, especially around suicide and suicide prevention and education. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit first about Hope for the Day and like what it is and how you got involved? Sure, yeah. So Hope for the Day was founded in 2011 by my friend Johnny Boucher. Um, I've only known him for a couple of years now, but Johnny basically took all of the pain that came along with losing a laundry list of friends and family to suicide and decided to do something about it. And his start kind of came like I said, in 2011, but his start was all rooted around music. And since he was involved in, you know, music production, tour support, artist representation and management, he kind of saw everything from the inside out. So what he started doing was making like resource cards and bringing them to shows, you know, punk and metal shows around Chicago. I mean, nice. Fireside Bowl is kind yeah, of, a, yeah. you know, one of my favorite pieces of my history is the fact that I was able to enjoy shows at that place. And the fact that he took it upon himself to just remind people that it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. And that we're all kind of fighting battles that no one really sees, and that doesn't make it um, doesn't make life any easier. But no. it does give you the permission to improve yourself mm. or to focus on yourself without feeling the need to compare yourself to anyone else. Absolutely. So, hope for the day is out of Chicago, <clears throat> like I said, since 2011, and they are a what I would consider a nonprofit movement towards minimizing the impact of keeping the discussion around mental health and suicide quiet and one of the biggest topics that we kind of focus on is uh, where stigma comes from and how we're all kind of rooted in this idea that we don't want to burden other people with our with our baggage absolutely unfortunately the things that we don't see hold weight and you end up like I was just talking to my friend Kathy yesterday and she was telling me something that if she can unload the baggage that she's picked up just in her midlife you know, between the ages of 25 and 40, if she can unload that somehow, or at least make it easier to, to hold, maybe she would be 
better for the rest of everyone else around here, which yeah. I thought was a pretty profound way of looking at it because it's not that everyone has, you know, this super dramatic story, but everybody is impacted by stimulus in different ways. Yeah. And when you realize that there are a number of things that we don't know about ourselves because they're invisible. Um, so there's these internal and then there's external stimulus. And the internal is the fact that you don't know whether your aunt was drunk or she was actually, you know, undiagnosed schizophrenic. Yeah. And that's, right. you know, we all have stories about whether it's a drunk uncle sure or, do. you know, our crazy mother-in-law or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But those types of stories, it doesn't mean that that person was inherently bad or, you know, right. an alcoholic or whatever, but there's a lot of undiagnosed mental illness going around that even though, yeah, it is tough to have that conversation, it can kind of shed a light on maybe why you have a propensity for feeling a certain way all the time. And it's not a scapegoat and it's not a, it's not a reason to not do things, but it's a reason to give yourself enough wiggle room, enough elbow room to allow it to be part of who you are, but not have it define you. Yeah. But then we also have this, these external stimulus, you know, and that's me sitting in traffic. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> that's me dealing with people on the Internet who assume that they can armchair quarterback, yeah. you know, whether it's anything that I'm involved in or anything that they've never actually done, but they feel the need to share their opinion. Right. I mean, all of those things kind of shake our bottle and hope for the day's education is kind of rooted around making the conversation and defining what mental health is by using easy to relate to mediums. And the easiest one is the pop bottle. Yeah. So they'll come out and they'll shake a bottle like, what is this? And well, that's your brain essentially, because you've got the internal stimulus coming from the inside and then that external, which is the physical shaking of it. Well, what happens if you keep shaking a bottle? Kind it's going to freaking explode. Yeah. yeah. So the idea is to define what mental health is by making it easier to understand that you have every right to, t- you know, self-care Sundays, <laughs> have a tubby, have a tubby, go do some yoga. Yeah. It doesn't have to be as frou-frou as that, but the idea is yeah. that we all, we all have reasons to valve and that. Pss, you pss, have to, everybody, I you tell have people to take that all it the time. Like, yep. I grew up in a in a household where my dad was one of those old school like suck it up, be yep. a man, mm-hmm. dust your shoulders off, get back to work, you know, mm-hmm. pick yourself up. And always said counseling's for girls. That's don't be a sissy, like mm-hmm. man up. Yeah. I'm like, man, that's the worst thing you could tell a kid. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? It's the worst thing you can tell anyone. Anyone. Because what you're doing is you're minimizing someone's experience because I know that the things that make me frustrated that can take my day from good to bad Mm -hmm. are different than yours. Yeah, absolutely. So why does your opinion on how I should be have any weight at all? And it could vary day by day, oh, too. It, like, like with me, like I don't think that I'm bipolar, but damn, sometimes I feel like I am. <laughs> me too. Because like one little thing can send yeah, me man. off. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like if, if I'll be at work and I've been working on something, and then I find out something that involves me that mm-hmm. I wasn't made directly aware of, or I wasn't yeah. involved in the decision, I'm like, how come I'm good enough to be a part of something, but not good yeah. enough to share something with? Right. And I have yeah. to read about it in the newspaper. Like that hurts my feelings. Right. And to say that that hurts my feelings is like, well, come on, dude. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. It, no, but is it is yeah. because the things that are important to me, I don't know why they're important to me. Yeah. But again, it's not in your business what makes me angry. Yeah. The only thing that I'm trying to do is to kind of reflect on the things that piss me off yeah. and not have them define who I am. Yep. Right. And because I, I like, you know, I got three kids. And I always say the same thing, you know, it's like, I'm one of those dads that has like, not their mantras, but they're things that I want them to remember. Yeah. And the one thing I say is you're not judged by what happens to you. You're judged by how you respond to it. Absolutely. And it's like the things that piss me off, they piss me off for a reason that I can't fully understand. But yes, I just turned 40 and I'm just now learning that I'm responsible for my own emotions. But nobody talks about that. Nobody does. So if, if I'm, if I have the opportunity to talk about the things that suck and it's hard to talk about. 
eventually over time, those things that suck will be a little bit easier to talk about because I got stronger. Yeah. Yep. It's just like, you know, resistance training and weight training. Sure. If you can't do something now, it doesn't mean that you can't do it later. Right. You just got to keep trying. Gotta and keep that's building why, on it. Yeah, yeah. Every day I try to remind myself that it's okay not to be okay. That's why I got this wristband yeah. on, man. And it's, it's a super simple mantra because everybody is a work in progress. Right. But it's realizing that I don't need to compare me to anyone else. Yeah. I think we're so busy as society trying to be perfect mm-hmm. or at least put up this facade that right. we're perfect and things are great and our right. life is great. Everything's beautiful and we don't have problems that bother us. That's one of the things that drives me nuts is like when I go out and speak about Inc. 180, whether it's at a church, a business function, a school, whatever, people come up to my wife and like, your husband's amazing. You know, I just love his heart and I love this. I'm like, but you don't know all the ugly shit that mm-hmm. I deal with that Lisa deals with from mm-hmm. because of what right. I'm dealing with yeah, you know, kids yeah. and all that. And it, it is hard, man. And I tell people all the time, mm-hmm. I shout from the mountaintops. Like if I didn't have a counselor, I like a counselor saved my life, yeah. you know? No, absolutely. And it was because my wife came to me and said, Hey, I think we should go talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't, Hey, you're a mess. I'm afraid that you're yeah. going to do something. I'm afraid of you. Um, it's let's go get some help. And I, like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, that loyalty is, uh, oh, man. that's what kind of, you know, it, it's the hand that pulls you up. Yeah. And I, I, you know, people come in like, oh, it's so great that you, you know, you can counsel people. And I'm like, I don't counsel people. Mm-hmm. I listen to people. Yeah. And most of the time, what I've found, at least in the work that we do here, that's what they want is just to be heard because they have a family that doesn't support them, that doesn't listen to their struggle that doesn't believe in their struggle. Right. Um, we've had, we've had kids come in here that are parts of the LGBTQ community who their parents think that, you know, uh, just we're going to pray that that goes away. Right, it's a faith. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I just want to listen to these kids. Like yeah. my faith tells me I love everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't have to understand your life. I don't have to understand your struggle, but I'm going to listen to it. Yeah. And you matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when we share that time together, you matter. Yeah. Like the, the, the reminder that you are enough as, yeah. as you know, I always use the term frou-frou or hippy-dippy, but right. like you are enough should mean something to yeah. you because what it means is that all the things that you've done that made you who you are, all the things that you want to do that you haven't done yet, that you might beat yourself up over, where you are right now, and like we've had this conversation. I'm oh, not yeah. religious any, anymore. Right. Like I'm a recovering Catholic. Right. I know that right. I'm exactly where I should be. Yeah. And the, the fact that like the first couple times that we interacted without, you know, supervision, <laughs> um, I, I was fully upfront. Like, dude, I don't believe any of that shit anymore. Yeah. And cool. And, yeah. and, and then the conversation friends. was over and yeah, like, yeah. like, we're still, you know, like yeah. pretty freaking tight. And, and it's and, not yeah. about that. We have to share the same belief. No, not it's, at all. We share the same oxygen. Yeah. yeah. So that's enough. So well, in, in, in itself, we are enough. And we share, one thing above anything, we share that people matter, yeah. dude. Like, and everybody, like, I don't care what you believe. Like, I've had people tell me, like, I've gone into mosques to do tattoo removals. I've gone into, uh, I've worked with people from synagogues. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care what your faith is right. or, or lack thereof for yeah. that matter. Like, yeah. my relationship and my faith is very strong. It's a, it's a key part of my life. Yeah. And the way that I demonstrate that is how I interact with people and care about people. And that's it. Yeah. I don't care if you believe what I believe. Yeah. Um, I just know it's important to me and that's okay. No, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, no, we, that's one of the things I love is like a lot of things, but 
we can have great conversations about stuff and it has nothing to do with religion, politics. You know, that's the other thing right now. It's like so many people go off on, well, they're Republican and I'm a Democrat or vice versa or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, they like Trump and I think he sucks. Yeah. Humanity is, is blatantly bipartisan. God, man. (laughs) If everybody would just get over their beliefs for a minute and just love people where they're at. Yeah. The world in a lot better shape. That's that's one of those mantras too that I I'm always trying to remind myself is that I can't control other people. Right. All I can do is control myself and at least attempt to control my kids or at least like what they're thinking. Yeah. And it's it's funny because when we you know have parent teacher conferences, you know a teacher will make comments about you know scholastic achievements, this that and the other thing, and I, I they kind of they glazes right over me because I don't care. Right. And my wife's like, don't say that you don't care. I'm like, but I don't because yeah. I only have two rules. Fly below the radar and play the game. Because school, <laughs> as long as you're in it, is not your entire life. And once you True. get out of it, you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Right. You can be whoever you want to be. Yep. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you know you can literally tattoo, a, tattoo someone on the moon because it's probably physically impossible. <laughs> not yet. But that doesn't right. mean that you have to live in this, you know, whether I'm in grade school, junior high, or high school, that's not the rest yeah. of your life. Mm-hmm. Well, so all you got to do is get through it. We've been dealing with that with Tyler. You know, Tyler's actually graduating high school a semester early this week. He's done. Oh, really? He's free. He's, yeah, on, I think, Wednesday is his last day of finals. Wow. And, you know, he does recording engineering, and that's what he's passionate about. He's been doing that since he was, like, 13. Yeah. He's working at a studio over in Naperville. He's got a um, tour set up to go and meet with the people at Electrical Audio, cool. Steve Albini's yeah, studio. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's got connections in the industry. Yeah. He's going to go down to Nashville and work at our friend Ben Calhoun's studio for a couple of months and, and learn some tape features, different things, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was in Oswego High School a couple of weeks ago speaking, and I saw his guidance counselor, and she pulled me aside in the hallway. She said, oh, wow, how's everything going? You know, chit-chat, whatever. And she's like, hey, I wanted to talk to you about Tyler. And I said, oh, okay, is everything good? I'm like, I check his grades. And I know he's, <laughs> he's solid, you know, A's and B's. And no, no, yeah, he's great. Um, but I talked to him and he said that he's not going to college. I said, he's not, not right now. And she's like, well, well, why not? He's so smart. He's been on the, you know, the dean's, dean's list <laughs> every semester. And he's such a nice kid. I'm like, yeah, thank you, you know, for saying that. I said, but yeah, he's not going to college right now. Yeah, he doesn't want 80 grand and you know, no. that over his head. And I said, right. to be quite frank with you, he doesn't need it for his, what he's going into yeah. that he's been doing for the last five years already yeah. has amazing connections for a 17 year old kid. Absolutely. And I said, now eventually he will go and, and get a business degree because he wants to have his own studio mm-hmm. and his own record label and all this stuff. I said, you know, college isn't the, the be all end all no, for people anymore, you know? And it's like, you know, I appreciate that, you know, you want him to meet his potential and all that, but right. that doesn't mean the same thing for yeah, everybody. Potential is not defined no, by one person not. on the desk. Potential mm-hmm. is all, you know, individual. Yeah. And she did the same woman did the same thing to Mackenzie when she was a senior and said, I'm going to cosmetology school. Mm-hmm. She went to cosmetology school, graduated through Paul Mitchell with honors and does great work. She's great in the community. She does. They do free haircuts for the homeless population. Is she happy? She's so God, happy. I wish, dude. I wish somebody taught me how to be happy when that's, I was in freaking. All right. And the, at the end of the and day, not being dead. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day in life, that's all that matters is happiness. Yeah. So why are we telling people what they should do to be happy? Mm-hmm. And why are we preventing them from getting the help that they need to become happy? No, absolutely. You know. So that's why I love this so much. You're always like. 
I, I describe it as like infectiously positive. Mm-hmm. You know, you post stuff, you know, deal with some ugly stuff being an alderman. Yeah. You know, we we're talking about that before. Um, people giving you a hard time for decisions you've made or positions you've taken. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more in a bit, but like, and we've had some seriously deep conversations, yeah. man, where you've been struggling with stuff and hurting bad uh, with stuff from the past. And same for me, yeah. but we can come together and talk it out and laugh our asses off yeah, for sure. and tattoo bacon around your leg while listening <laughs> to Pink Floyd. And it's all Jeez, good. That was, a long night. That was so uh-huh. great. But we need to do what you're doing. Like, we need this more. We need more people to raise up and say, it is okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that I have learned that myself over the last five, six years mm-hmm. through my counseling. And man, I talk about it all the time yeah. <laughs> because I go into these churches to speak. And it's one of the topics they're so afraid to talk about is mental health. And yeah. I'm like, why, dude? Yeah. Like, and they're, they'll say things like, oh, you shouldn't, ha- you shouldn't take pills. You shouldn't take medication to feel better. I'm like, it's a part of what I do. Yeah. Um, I go to counseling. I read books. I do all kinds of things. I talk to great friends who, you know, are struggling with stuff too. And yeah. It's mm-hmm. all part of it. Yeah. Like the stigma surrounding whether or not someone chooses to use a medication to right. simply not be miserable. Right. Is, is so overloaded with an idea that we somehow should be impacting other people's mm. definitions of themselves, mm-hmm. which is complete bullshit. Yeah. And it's like, like I said, recovering Catholic, but growing up Catholic, it was always <laughs> this idea that all you need is X, Y, and Z. Right. But what they never focused on besides a really, really horrible sex education class, <laughs> what they never focused on was how do you deal with things that overwhelm you? Yeah. Like I remember when my grandpa died, or no, it was my it was my grandmother. When my grandmother died, I remember having this like huge sadness, but I almost felt guilty for being sad because I wasn't like the penultimate mm-hmm. grandson. Right. And I I remember we were driving to either the wake or the funeral, and at the time it was um it was a, a lady that was living with my family who had been she was uh, had a pregnancy out of wedlock, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, and she was kind of a part of the family for a few years while she got back on her feet. We were driving to the funeral, and I'm like, yeah, I kind of feel I feel stupid for being sad. And she's like, why would you ever feel stupid for being sad? I'm like, well, because if like you know I cry, I'm gonna get told to stop crying. She's right. like, well, you can cry now. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is an actual safe space. And I yeah. remember I remember like the semi in front of us. Yeah. I don't remember like how, like where we were in, in you know between here and the city, but I remember that looking up and seeing the semi and looking over and talking to this lady, going, oh. I'm allowed to be sad. Yeah. And the trust tree. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> but it's, it, it wasn't like I had to prove anything. It's right. like when you have an emotion, whether yep. it's positive or negative, yep. and you stifle that, what ends up happening is that it becomes like I was talking about the weight. Yeah. And when it becomes the weight, if you don't do something physically, and that's either talking or like, you know, hitting a punching bag yeah. or, or playing mm-hmm. guitar or Some listening to music. Outlet. If you don't do something to make that weight kind of like jolt out mm-hmm. and file away that that happiness or that sadness that can lead to other problems oh, big time and if i would have learned in i think it was fifth if i would have learned in fifth grade i remember my teacher's name was miss porto and she was my favorite teacher because i was a little bit taller than her already <laughs> and i remember if i in fifth grade if i would have been taught how to 
be okay with emotion and not have to hide it, whether it's positive or negative, maybe I wouldn't have the stomach anxiety that I have right now. Right. Like I do a lot of public speaking and that never bothers me. Right. But you know what bothers me is preparing for like a city council meeting where I know these people are going to come back with things that aren't true. They're going to come at me with beliefs and I have to be patient and digest them. Yeah. But I have to respond without dropping the F-bomb. And you guys both know me. (laughs) I like throwing that word out. A little bit. But it's it's understanding. We've all been known to dabble. It's it's understanding that... Even the things we cannot see mm. can impact us. And that's not just, 100%. you know, pesticides on our food. It's right. not just hormones in the water. Yeah. It's not just pharmaceuticals in the water. Yeah. It's not just, you know, smog. Mm. It's the stuff that you can't see that people say, whether they mean it or not. It's it's the way that, say, like my dad says goodbye to me on a Friday. That will impact me all weekend. Yeah. Is that my fault? No. Is that his fault? Mm-mm. Well, he's just not aware that his words yeah. have more weight yeah. than what I hear. Yeah. And, and it's, it's difficult to explain. But that's what's beautiful about the conversation around mental health Absolutely. and the conversation that I've been having in, you know, restaurants and police departments and schools. And I, what we're trying to do with Hope for the Day is we're trying to have businesses and corporations stand up mm. and not only make it easier for their employees to seek out the mental health resources that are already available to them, yeah. you know, with their insurance, but to make it OK within their culture mm-hmm. to take a minute. Yeah. And that's like something with me, like whenever something really, really awesome happens to me or one of my friends, I kind of need a minute because whatever I'm working on is going to be ignored. Right. So the other day, one of my best friends found out about this job that he's been trying to get and he got it. Nice. And I was over the moon for him. Yeah. And I remember the look that I got because I was excited about something that was like, take that outside. Like, I'm not taking this outside. <laughs> no. Like my dude just achieved something. something I am huge, proud yeah. of him. Right. I am happy. And when someone sees someone, whether it's high or low, mm. expressing themselves and they choose to interject saying you shouldn't be doing that, that pisses me off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then I have to, now I got to carry that way to going, yeah. okay, I can either retaliate or I can swallow this. Well, I choose not to do either, but yeah. I have to get it out of myself somehow. Right. And what, like, I'm, I'm really, really into listening to music so loud that it hurts. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I'm like, with like, you. like that tool song that let us in. I like right. feeling that in my chest. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, 100%. So it's, it's understanding that I need to be more upfront with myself about the stuff that pisses me off. Albeit, it's usually pretty quick. Yeah. But it's understanding that because if you don't, it's, it's kind of like mowing your lawn, dude. If you don't mm-hmm. mow your lawn, it's going to be a freaking problem. Yeah. And like, I got into this whole discussion about suicide after my friend Mike Malinowski completed suicide in July of 2017. And here I am, you know, beautiful wife, three healthy, amazingly energetic kids. And I, I can't function. Yeah. And then when I started talking about it, when I saw my counselor and she's like, well, what else is there that we're not talking about? And I'm like, all right, well, let's talk about my family. So I talked about my family. Yeah. And she goes, well, what else is there? And I realized that it's not that I realized it, but I remembered. So in 2003, I had graduated in December of 2002. Mm-hmm. But on Mother's Day, May 10th, 2003, my, the guy who I signed my lease over at my house in college, he completed suicide mm-hmm. um, at the house that I lived in. Wow. And it was Mother's Day. It was graduation day. His family was in town, like all these things. But I had just purchased my first house with my soon-to-be wife. Yeah. And so I was going through a big, big life change. So I didn't give it the, I went to the wake down in Bloomington normal, but I didn't give it the attention that it deserved. Mm. And then when I started talking about the stuff that sucked, this came up and I'm like, oh no, I never Mm. even, I never even talked about this. Yeah. And then it was literally three or four weeks, an hour at a time, just chipping away at the fact that I still feel guilty that Mm -hmm. I didn't do anything Mm -hmm. to help this guy. Even though when the guy that I drove down, this is crazy. The guy that I drove down to his wake with was the guy that 
completed suicide. No He way. pulled this guy out of his car because he was attempting suicide. No way. No more than a year before he took his own life. Jeez. And that, that was lost on me the whole way down there. Yeah. And I wanted to look at the guy and go, you do realize we're going to say goodbye to the guy that saved your life. But I never said that because I didn't need to. Right. But I've been thinking that for yeah. a decade. And it Damn. finally comes out, and I'm like, oh, I, I, I really wish that I was prepared and I had people around me that said, hey, let's talk about this. Yeah. Because, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, recovering Catholic. What's yeah. the mantra of a Catholic? Deny, deny, <laughs> deny. Right. So Ask for forgiveness. Yeah, every time something sucks, yep, that's life. Yeah. No, that's not no, life. It's not. It is life. It is. But talking about it is what makes it more palatable. Yeah. Now, this- how mad are you, though? Like, I know how I'm kind of mad at myself having finally come to the conclusion realization like you have like i need to talk about this stuff and get it mm-hmm. off my chest work it out of my system mm-hmm. at the same time <clears throat> i'm kind of mad at myself and beating myself up like man look at all the time i wasted yeah. like just being oh i did that you know having yeah. this bottled I up that, i do that daily i'm and like yeah. i could have been so much happier yeah. yeah and like what if i would have had the conversation with my parents at like 15 16 saying hey i can't concentrate at school yeah um it's not that i'm smoking pot i am but it's not that i'm smoking pot <laughs> I'm smoking the wrong pot. <laughs> I, I have a hard time staying on task. Like right. all these things. And then when you get older and you literally read about the diagnosis of ADHD, yeah. it's not a scapegoat. Right. It, it. It's, it's, a, it's a way that people, and this is what's funny with me, is that it took me suffering through a number of suicides. Sure. To even give the conversation around mental health and potential mental health is- issues mm-hmm. to give it the attention that it deserved. Because when I read the diagnosis for ADHD after Mike died, I was like, holy shit, that's me. And yeah. then I'm looking at my kids going, holy shit, that's two of my kids. Yeah, right. And I'm going, what, what am I doing to myself personally by ignoring the conversation around that diagnosis mm-hmm. for myself first and foremost, but what am I doing, what am I telling my kids inadvertently yeah. by not focusing on what's wrong with me? And it's not that, oh, there's something wrong with me, mm-hmm. but it's wrong enough with me that it gives me anxiety because I, why can't I just get this one thing done? Yeah. Why can I remember all of these things that are inconsequential, like remembering to bring beer to a friend weeks, weeks after I said that I was going to do it, yeah. but I can't remember to take the chicken out of the fucking freezer right. for dinner that night. Right. And it's like, I'm not doing it to like, to be a jerk to my wife. No. It's not intentional. No. But why is that? And then when my doctor goes, I know that you don't want to hear this, but can we talk about ADHD. And I was like, yeah. no, I'm 38. I don't have yeah. ADHD. And right. then when we start talking about it, she's like, how about this? Follow a couple ADHD hashtags on Instagram. Listen to these podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I remember going back six months later going, um, you know that they're all talking about me. Right? <laughs> she's like, Joel, every time I talk to you, right. I, I like the reason why I love That's my awesome. primary care doctor. Her name is Melissa Kwok out of Yorkville, by the way. Okay. One of the reasons why I love her is that nobody else matters when I'm in that office. That's how it she puts be, down yeah. the computer and she sits there and we actually talk. Yeah. Right. And the fact that she said, I enjoy when you come in because you've always got so much going on mm. and I can tell that you love. And it's not that I love one particular thing more than the other. It's the fact yeah. that I'm outwardly loving. Absolutely. And I was like, well, thank you. And <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't realize that. She's like, but. But she needs but, that. Yeah. yeah. But she also understands that I'm doing a disservice to myself by not respecting myself enough mm. to have a conversation about something that is probably been tripping me up for a very very long time yeah so to have a conversation about adhd and the possibility of using a medication to make my life easier while i'm having issues with one of my sons having problems in school Mm -hmm. if i wouldn't have had the the guts to talk about it on my own yeah 
I'm not representing my kid properly. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I don't care what anybody says about me. As long as my kids are happy and yeah, my wife is absolutely. happy, you can eat my ass. <laughs> because that's my only priority. <laughs> and what's funny is that I have all these interactions, whether it's with other politicians or it's with business owners or it's with, you know, people on the craft beer scene. Right. Or it's people, you know, through the arcade. They got all these people that I'm talking to. And they have a preconceived notion of who I am because of whether it's how I dress, how many F-bombs I drop, or whatever it might be. Whatever they've read about me, that's what they come in with, right? And they're ready to kind of come at me. Yeah. And within five minutes, usually what happens is that we're, you know, we're buddies. Because one of the things that I learned as a Catholic was that you're going to be in situations all the time and you have a choice. You can either make it a part, you can be a part of it, or you can stand on the outside. Mm -hmm. And I was so used to standing on the outside because it was quit your bitching. Yeah. That... I didn't allow myself in until I finally got out of that when in high school with my guitar. My yeah. guitar allowed me to be in conversations with people that I would never talk to. Right. Yep. I pride myself in picking up an instrument while a band is playing and being able to segue my way into it because that's how I feel about life. I want to be a part of everything yeah. all the time. Yeah. It doesn't make me a freaking egomaniac attention wanter. It's just that I like relating with people yeah. because when the zombies come, bro, I need a fucking army, dog. I don't want to be the only. Oh, well, I didn't, you know. No, I yeah. want everybody on my team. Music is a great vehicle for that yeah. because I, I see it with Tyler and, the, and his band and everything in that local music scene. It's like the island of misfit kids. Yeah. You it's know? awesome. It's all the emo kids and the punk kids with the purple hair and the parents don't understand and they hate cops for whatever reason. They're so angry about stuff, but they they're there for each other, man. And they support each other. And they, even if like we went to a show, Tyler's band played a show last week at the one Oh five in Naperville. And we went and there was this band and these kids, I think the oldest kid in this band was like 13, 14 young kids and their music wasn't good. It was just bad. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. But man, they were having fun. Yeah, and they were doing the damn thing. They were doing it, and everyone in that place supported them. Yeah, they, no one said, "Oh, you guys suck. Get <laughs> yeah. out of here." You know, you're you guys also thirteen are, and on stage. Yeah, and that's you're huge. not good. Get out of here. No, they lifted them up, man. Yeah. All these kids that so many of their parents probably think that they're just losers yeah, and yeah. you know knuckleheads and whatever. Wasting your time. Yeah. Wasting your time with that music. They, their kid that they think that about just supported this 12, 13 year old kid that's out there singing way off key, playing two seconds behind the beat and cared enough about that kid to say, Hey, you know what? I remember when I was 13, Mm -hmm. this is awesome, man. You guys come back anytime you want and play. Yeah. And it's this community of kids and that's what. Yeah. My parents were just like that. Like they let us play until all hours of the night in the basement. Because at least they knew where I was. Exactly. I wasn't you off, you know, safe. shooting up or, yeah, you know. Man. And it was, it was like that, again, safe space, for lack of a better term. That safe space, I had people over all the time. Like, yeah. they knew that all they had to do was buy six boxes of fruit snacks. Little Caesars, and, baby. And a couple extra cases of squirt. I mean, yeah. let's, let's be real. All kids do is eat and sit around. Well, yep. we were eating and sitting around and we were making noise. Yeah. And making noise, that's the valve that I miss as an adult because I don't have the time or the money to be able to pursue the music that makes me happy. Yeah. But I attempted to. Like, I, I wanted to be a professional musician. I attempted it a couple times. Yeah, I mean, but you did some cool stuff, Yeah, man. I mean, I played a lot Lollapalooza, yeah. then South by Southwest a couple times, Sound yeah, Set Minneapolis. Yeah, well, you know, right. I've, I've, I've done some cool stuff, but what exhausted me, and the reason why I don't do it full time, mm-hmm. is that I was burning the candle at both ends, but I didn't like the fact that I was traveling around the country with like $5,000 worth of equipment, yeah. and these drunk people were touching my shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
I loved this. So I had this guitar. It's a 1996 USA or American-made Telecaster. Yeah. Butterscotch blonde, black pickguard. Nice. It's like a Bruce Springsteen kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. But not because I'm, I wasn't really a Bruce guy. Yeah. yeah. But her name is Condoleezza. Nice. And like she's she's gorgeous. Well, I, like my dad finally helped me buy this thing after yeah. college, after I'd already gotten married. I remember being in a place and I was about to take a drink of a cocktail and this drunk dude kind of stumbles up and goes to like touch it and I snapped. I'm like, yeah. get and I kind of went nuts and that's yeah. when I told the band that I was in I'm like I'm done drinking yeah. at shows yeah. because that's like my investment but yeah. it's not just my investment it's important to me yeah but as I like I, I remember in college I was I was in a band and we would follow the Dark Star Orchestra around okay a week before a week after yeah because Deadheads sometimes like didn't leave yeah um, and we would just it was free form just all jams yeah. whatever and I don't remember any of the guys in the band's name no way and like I, I've been in I think 40 something states out of the country right? I don't remember any. I know one guy's name was Brad because I used to make fun of him. But that was that's all I remember. Brad. But I was also traveling around with a hundred dollar guitar and a hundred dollar amp and a yeah. two hundred dollar pedal, so it wasn't like I had yeah. that big of an investment. But I've played in front of thousands of people, yeah. and the relationships that I would form with people after shows or before shows mm-hmm. were my favorite. Yeah, and then making friends with the bands and Absolutely. then having them come out and just playing like something stupid like right, that yeah. I, I just always loved meeting people yep. and that's kind of why the conversation about mental health and suicide prevention and being able to communicate with people about what makes me miserable mm. actually doesn't make me as miserable yeah. because I'm vocalizing it and I can't do it with my guitar anymore you know arthritis and pains and shit yeah. like that Tell you but, I can, but I can <laughs> talk about it and the fact that I have all these things that I've done accidentally I mean I don't I don't yeah. have there's no plan for what I do it's right. just like oh we, want, we should do this and then we go do it yeah. Yeah. Oh, we should do this? Oh, yeah, let's go do it. And then I find a way to do it. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you've got projects that look easy. And you're like, you hit go. You invest a whole bunch of money. And then there's like a proverbial wall yeah. that you can't describe to people because it involves politics. Right. But there's something in front of what you want to do that's so impossible to, to climb mm-hmm. that it's not even worth describing or complaining about that you just kind of let things be until they change. Mm-hmm. And that's being able to approach your life in a way where it's like, Win some, lose some. Yeah. Or like the first meeting I ever attended after I got elected. I wasn't even sworn in yet. It was two guys. It was a guy, Larry Cott, who was mm-hmm. on public safety. And it was this guy, Carlo Colosimo, who yeah. was also on the same committee. And awesome they were arguing guys. about something. And I think uh, Larry won the conversation because it didn't go up to city council. Mm-hmm. And they both stood up after the meeting and shook hands. And Carlo looks at me. He didn't even know me. Looks at me and goes, yep, sometimes you're the bug. Sometimes you're the windshield. <laughs> and that's all he said. And I remember that verbatim. And yeah. that's one of the reasons why, like, I look at Carlo. Like, yeah. Carlo wears the bow tie. He's, He's a awesome, super hardcore man. Republican. Huh. You know, his dog's name was Reagan. You know, like, yeah, like the, the dude oh, is exactly, time, exactly what you would think. Like, his, his license plate was GOP. Oh, like, like, but what's funny is that we're polar opposites, yeah. politically speaking. Speaking, yeah. but I love him. Yeah. Like I try, I, I've called him. Like when I had that, um, the stalker, the yeah. order of protection. Yeah, I showed Carlo, hey, do you think I should do something about this? And he goes, I'll meet you at the courthouse in twenty yeah. minutes. Like it was that serious. Yeah. but because it was him, and because I knew that he wasn't bullshitting me, he yeah. looked me right in the eye and said, "Sometimes you're the bug, and sometimes you're the windshield." <laughs> true, Which though. means why, when I have friends on my Facebook page that I love, mm-hmm. who are vocally racist yeah vocally fillet the president all of these things why do you like people ask me why are you still friends with that person yeah i love him yeah but why i'm like what if he needs me what if i need him again when the zombies come (laughs) i'm either gonna have an army or a couple dudes and right now if i think about it and i start pushing people away the couple of dudes that i would have with me 
There'd only be two of them because I know they'd die first. Yeah. They get eaten first. Yep. But then I'm all alone. I need as yeah. big of an army as possible yeah, just man. to survive the I, apocalypse. I tell people all the time, you don't have to agree with people politically, right. no. uh, religious, on religious uh, matters, religious beliefs. You don't have to agree on all that stuff to be friends. It's no. so ridiculous because, I mean, we had, I remember, I'll never forget, man, after the election, after Trump got elected, we had a, such a divide in our church. Mm-hmm. We had people that were great friends. We had like men's groups, women's groups, Bible study groups, all this stuff that split, broke apart because so-and-so voted for Hillary and so-and-so voted for Trump. And I can't even believe they'd vote for them mm-hmm. and back and forth, both sides. Mm-hmm. Like this is asinine. Yeah. This is absolutely stupid because we would have those groups, those, those Bible study groups, and they were so little about bible study and really just about life well that's what we're counseling doing, is too it's group counseling right it's awesome. that's and that's what it was was group counseling we're yeah. like man i'm i'm struggling i lost my job or i think i'm gonna lose my job or you know i can't pay my property taxes and like helping people just talk these things out yeah. as a group of trusted friends yeah broke apart because of an election none of us can control right. other than our vote yeah you mm-hmm. know and it's sad, man. That's the state that our country's in is it's, oh, I don't believe what they believe. So I'm not going to be friends with them. Yeah. I speak at churches where I hear what they're doing. Maybe the church has an outreach group and they do um, Habitat for Humanity, mm-hmm. for example. And then I speak at a church less than a mile away a couple of weeks later. And I hear that there's a bunch of union electricians and plumbers and all these guys. And I'm like, well, what do you guys do like as far as community work? Oh, well, we help the elderly, you know, home repairs or, you know, single moms, stuff like that. People that are low income. I'm like, well, this church over here, they do Habitat for Humanity. Have you guys ever thought about doing stuff together? Right. Oh, well, no, we, we disagree on abortion or we disagree on this or that or LGBTQ stuff. And I'm like, that is the dumbest shit well, ever. It's, I'll tell you, a couple weekends ago, um, I was on John Anthony's podcast, yeah. which is called Black and right yeah okay now looking at me i am two things i am white clearly and probably pretty more left than than, yeah. than some people right yeah yep. but he's my friend yeah he's like a great, when, he's when, a great guy. when john was going through his shit mm-hmm. um i've had multiple late night conversations with him where i didn't yep. know who he was until about 15 minutes in because he was obviously not coherent and mm-hmm. speaking in terms that would make me realize that it was my friend John. Yeah. But because I've been in positions where I just needed to talk to somebody, mm-hmm. I let him talk. Yeah. And then, oh shit, John, what's yeah. up? And then come to find out a year or so later that that might have actually been what kept him around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, he made some yep. stupid decisions. He completely embarrassed himself. Yeah. I do that shit all the time. Every day I do stuff. But, <laughs> you know? like, I developed a relationship with him because he mm-hmm. saw as, you know, kind of an outsider during his first year down there in oh, Springfield. Yeah. Big time. He saw me as someone who didn't care what he looked like or what his uh, political positions were. Yeah. I just liked having friends. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I needed friends, just mm-hmm. that, oh, hey, I'm Joel. And then we started being friends because people didn't expect me to have friends, you know, quote unquote, powerful friends. Yeah. And I go down to Springfield wearing jeans and a hoodie, which yep. is my fucking uniform. Your taxpayer shirt <laughs> and is then, my favorite. <laughs> and, and I walk in and I'm getting hugs from people that were just on national news talking about like the budget issue. And it's yeah. like, yeah, that's just my friend. Yeah. Because that's what makes you realize uh-huh. that you can literally change the world yeah. just by either A, raising your hand mm. or B, throwing your hat in the race and trying to fucking do something. Yeah. It's, it's easy to sit by and throw stones yeah. and to blame people for their politics, blame yes. people for the way that it is. Yeah. 
but like I don't know if you guys have seen Frozen Two yet. Yeah, of course. No. Okay, Frozen Two was <laughs> not was not so not. much better than Frozen One. I would know. It, oh, I never dude. Saw well, I I had younger. My kids I had, are older. Yeah, I had younger yeah. kids when that first one came out. But the second one happened. Like the second one, and I'm not going to ruin it. But I'll basically tell you that the protagonist team, the team that you're rooting for, mm-hmm. they screwed up back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you find out that people like say that you, that's your ancestors, like like with yeah. me with white skin, yeah. what my ancestors did is unconscionable right Mm -hmm. well in frozen 2 they find out that it wasn't them that did something it was we that did something Mm. and my kids are like oh no yeah sometimes you find out that the people that are wearing your same colors did something yeah and you can do one of two things you can squash it yeah and squashing it basically means to repress it and to Mm -hmm. continue the lie right or you can confront it and what they did in the movie is they confronted it i'm like this movie is incredible. So we get out in the parking lot. I'm like, do you guys understand how important that is? It was deep, man. Why? I'm like, all right, so say that my grandfather did something Mm -hmm. and I didn't know about it and I stood up for him and stood up for him and stood up for him and then somebody gave me new information that proved that he had done something that I should not be proud of. Yeah. I can do one of two things. I can continue the lie, the charade, which would add further guilt and stress onto my body, yeah. or I can confront it and I can make reparations. Yeah. What's reparations? What are the first three letters in the word? R-E-P. What other words have that? Repair. Mm. Repair it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect, right. but if you don't make the attempt, you're just as bad as the guy that fucking did it in the first place. True story. Right. So coming out of Frozen 2 of all places <laughs> and being so fired up to tell my kids, That's funny, it doesn't man. matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as you understand that it's your responsibility to yeah. fix it yeah i was like super inspired and we went home and i'm like all right this is how you fix racism this is how you fix freaking institutional racism <laughs> frozen two this is, is all the world frozen two literally got me so fired up that That's i went home and i'm like kids you guys got to get involved in student government if you want i'm not going to push you <laughs> yeah. but that's how you can literally change the world by being yeah. positive about Harder, something yeah we need to have all the Elected politicians in D.C. go up there and watch Frozen 2. Go watch Frozen 2, bro. Because that's part of the issue. Part of the issue with politics anywhere, at the federal level or at the state level or the county or city, it's or even at your church, it's people... You know, knowing something's wrong, but then continuing the lie yeah. instead of fix as yep. saying, you know what, it was wrong. Well, Let's dude, fix it. Look at Willow Creek Church, man. They hid that that yeah, abuse for right. the longest time. The elders knew what was going on. They protected Bill Hybels the whole time, and then. Boom, it blows up, it gets out there, it's public, and the whole mm-hmm. elder board, the whole leadership of that church wiped out mm-hmm. because they were protecting one guy who was doing something he shouldn't yep. have been doing. Yeah. You know, a lot of times the cover-up, like they say, the cover-up's worse than the crime, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, dude, it is. And it doesn't have to be a crime, but I mean, you know, it's, it's something, you can just be being wrong about something. It's as yeah. simple and as that. And what's funny is that we've got all these examples through memes, and like, yeah. I remember like... <laughs> When my dad first got on Facebook, like, what are these memes? Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> first of all, but me, 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 me. and what's explain. funny is that my son, we call him Mei Mei, so I'm yeah. like, it's not Mei Mei, it's meme. <laughs> but understanding that when something happens and it's uncomfortable, we can either confront it or we can run from it. And all of the memes right now about Harvey Weinstein didn't kill himself mm. are not only poignant and important, but they're proving a point. Yeah, if you hide something. And it's worthy of discussion, which this is obviously worthy of discussion. Yeah. If you hide something and it comes back to bite you in the ass, Mm -hmm. which it will, whether you're alive or dead, it will come back and bite you in the ass. How you respond to that is how you will be forever judged. Mm -hmm. And it's the idea that we keep comparing ourselves to one another. And that's one of the reasons why we are the way that we are. Yeah. We don't have to be 
set side to side by someone. Mm. All you have to realize is we're not sharing the same values all the time. We're sharing the same freaking oxygen. Yeah. So get off your freaking high horse yeah. and stop pissing in my drinking water. Yeah. That's basically <laughs> right. all we have to talk about is, right. do I have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Right. What does my freedom have to do with yours until it does? And then when it does, mm. we resolve that conflict through talking about it. Yeah. And that's what, you know, the conversation about mental health yeah. is I'm confronting stigmas that I've held on to for oh, forever. Oh, yeah, me too. And it's understanding that, you know, as a recovering Christian, the majority of these stigmas come from the Judeo-Christian way of living because mm. what they did is they they put people on sides. So if someone committed suicide, that's mm. a crime, right? right? So when I say that they completed suicide, I'm taking away that accusation that I'm yeah. somehow better than they are. I am not judge and jury. I'm another human going through this thing called life. Mm-hmm. We all eat, sheet, drink, and cry. And all we have to do is realize that you can't impact someone else outside of making sure that you yourself are protected from them. Yeah. But making sure that my language around the topic of suicide, people complete suicide. Mm-hmm. They, they attempted something and they were successful. They have completed. Yeah. I don't say they killed themselves. I mean, I do with the Harvey Weinstein thing because I'm reciting from a meme. But kill is a, that's a crime. Yeah, it's not a crime. So what I say is they died by suicide. And I only learned that from hope for the day. So it's being able to confront the fact that you don't know what you don't know. Your opinions should change with new information. And that's one of the reasons why I'm the worst politician in the world. (laughs) Number one, because if I don't get reelected, hell yeah, (laughs) off the clock. But if my opinions don't change with new information, Mm. that's me assuming that I know everything. I don't know everything. And that's where freedom comes in. I don't have to know everything. I just have to know that I can learn from something to make an educated guess or yeah. educated decision. And improve and yourself in, in the yeah. same time. And there's know? nothing wrong with flip-flopping on something nope. if new information made you change your mind. Yeah. That's what adults do. True story. What if, like, what, like, all right, so I'm a recovering beekeeper, right? I yeah. got stung in yeah. April, almost died. Dude, 10 years of beekeeping. Down the drain, yeah. right? He looked like so, Khloe Kardashian. Yeah, like, I was pretty sexy. Steroids. My wife wouldn't make out with me crazy. for some reason. But, <laughs> but if I knew that a bee sting had the potential to do what it did to me in April and kill me, and I chose to do it again, I did not learn from my experiences. I did not change my mind after learning new information. Right. That's 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 as simple as it is. If you eat pickles, and pickles are gross as shit, you eat pickles, pickles. and they make you want to throw up, and then you eat them again, thinking something's going to change, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting different results. I hate to stop this podcast as pickle haters (laughs) gone too far. That's my next podcast, actually. (laughs) Puck Fickles. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. No, I, I mean, I love everything you're doing. I, I follow your stuff on, on Instagram and, and all over the social medias on the internet, the webs, the webs, the interwebs, mm-hmm. but I, I love it, man. Like it's, it's super positive. Sometimes it makes me laugh, but it always makes me think. So mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate what you're doing cool. and continuing with that, man. Thanks and for I just, I just ask you to keep yeah. doing that because you are affecting a lot of lives by doing that. Man. Appreciate it. And I like, I didn't really know of you until, you know, you know, Chris will bring it, bring you up from time to time and talk about you. I'm like, who is this guy? Who's this guy? And then I'll read random articles like the Kendall County patch or some, you know, big news network, yeah. you know, about you. I'm like, this dude gets it. it like I, I grew up in Yorkville. Mm-hmm. Okay. Went to, high, went to high school there. I went to private school, but I went to high school and I've been through there. I still live there with my kids. My kids go to school and, you're the type of person a lot of local municipalities need. We need mm-hmm. someone like you as someone different instead of just the status quo. Right. Well, this is right and this is wrong. Well, over time, a lot of those right and wrongs change, right? Yeah. 
And, you know, especially with like, you know, the legalization of marijuana, you're an advocate saying, hey, I think Yorkville needs to be included in it. Maybe we should get some of this tax money. I don't know. Call me crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, our state's broke. Let's sell drugs. Right. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Legally now, right? We're talk about that in a minute. <laughs> but, you know, it's thinking like that. Like, yeah, a lot of people in the communities may not agree with that because, oh, it's not right. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what? Like, we, you can go in the history of how it got banned to begin with and how that was kind of horse crap. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, people have to understand that it's not going to if they don't partake, it's not going to hurt them. Right. It's not going to hurt them exactly. at all. And I, I think an article I read, some guy had a big disagreement with you mm-hmm. uh, a few months ago, I think, at a, at a meeting. And it was about, I moved here for family values. And that's great. Yeah. Okay. But you know what? Every town has its problems. Every town has its, the great things about it. Right. Uh, if you don't choose, I mean, alcohol has ruined so many people's lives alcohol gambling but yeah if you abuse el- anything, it's sold in every grocery store yep. walgreens now yep. how is that family etiquette right, right. but that's it's just kind of the wrong way to look at it i yeah, think it i don't want to say it's how someone should believe they take a stance on something but that's right. to me it's kind of desperate in my opinion i know you probably can't say uh, certain things but you know well, no well, that's, that's never <laughs> stopped <laughs> that's, that's not true um i mean i probably shouldn't but that's that's not that's not the way that i roll um yeah like a lot of the people that were concerned about our community kind of getting in on it, if, if that's you know, the proper terminology, didn't understand that just because you make the bed that someone doesn't mean that someone's going to lay in it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that Yorkville's going to get a dispensary or grow operation, but mm-hmm. that's just me. I'm not trying to get too excited. Um, but saying no outright, outright based on a, a moral opinion mm-hmm. that isn't necessarily based in fact which the opposite of that moral opinion is the idea that we've got hundreds of thousands of people of color mm. who are in jail for 7 to 15 for grams of pot. Right. Yeah. And I can tell you that 7 to 15 grams of pot would never ruin my life because I'm a white privileged cis heterosexual male. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I understand that pisses people off because I'm somehow, oh well, you're just those are your leftist tears crying. That yeah. you're a snowflake. snowflake. No. Right. I no. understand that I grew up with people of color without realizing they yeah. were older people that thought that they were different than me because they had different color. Right. They had better food, better fashion, and they were nicer to me than the people with my own fucking skin color. Right. So first of all, understanding that everything has societal implications, but also not being so full of my own race and culture mm. to think that I can somehow speak to their experience. Mm-hmm. It's like when people get mad that people are protesting by shutting down highways. Right. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. But you know what they did? They protested. And yeah. I can't speak to, like, uh, I forget what his name is, but he made, a, uh, he made a comment. If I wasn't there during their issue, I should not speak on their revolution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I'm sorry, I, I wasn't there during slavery. Mm-hmm. I can't speak to how I would respond if my culture is still taking hundreds of years to bounce back to even be considered a semblance of equal to the people who were originally oppressing them. I can't speak on that. And that's one of the reasons why I applaud people who find ways of protest. That's why I did buy a Kaepernick jersey. Oh, I remember the backlash of walking into City Hall wearing that. But it's like I support people who understand that sometimes the biggest gesture has nothing to do with your mouth. And that's why I have to respect I can't speak to some people's protest. Mm -hmm. I can respect it. I can disagree with them, but I can't speak to it. That's why I'm shameful. They have the right to 
do so. Absolutely. <laughs> but like on the marijuana discussion, the reason why people were so angry wasn't rooted in fact. It was rooted in belief that right. it's going to mm-hmm. lead to this. It's going to yeah. lead to that. Stigma. Well, right. I can tell Reefer you that, madness. that marijuana has helped friends of mine. Dude, it's helped oh, me. It's yeah. helped me. Right. It helped so, me. So yes, I'm, I'm one of the things that uh, somebody tried to get in my face over saying, well, I'm one of your constituents. You should represent me. And I remember I snapped back. I said, run for office. It took me 17 signatures to get reelected. And one sign. And one sign with a fat-ass piece of broccoli <laughs> that he moved on around. That, that people voluntarily moved around. This dude, wait, stop. I want to make sure people hear that. Yeah. Let's bring when this. Joel ran for alderman in Yorkville, okay, he had one sign made. And, you know, you, we live here in Oswego, a town of, I don't know, 40, 50,000 yeah. people. When people run for office here, they have, like, thousands They're of signs joel had one sign and he would like each week every week you'd move somebody it, right? would move it around yeah, yeah. it was like hilarious. volunteers would put it in their yard but the funny yeah. thing was is that people would stop in front of my house with a flashlight mm-hmm. and take selfies in front. that's awesome and i think that's i, I either got elected by not lying or by see, people there's, just a, there's a theory <laughs> wow you mean you don't lie to people well the other thing was too is that somebody had stopped me and said well hey what are your thoughts on this i'm like hey I don't know enough about that to have an opinion. Yeah. I can tell you all the things that I like. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, what do you like? I'm like, well, I really like my wife's butt. <laughs> Why are you bringing up sex? I'm like, because I'm thinking about my wife's butt. Am yeah. I not human? Right. And the fact that I said I like boobs, I like butts, oh, I like beers. Like, I said all those things, yeah. and they were like, why are you saying this? I'm like, because like, you're look, uncomfortable. Look, and it's look at her dairy. Look at her butt. Yeah. It's and great. I'm, and I'm being real with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ask me a question when I have a certain thought in my mind, I'm thinking about my wife's butt. Yes. That is an adult <laughs> thing to do. If you are afraid of your sexuality, I would recommend you take some time alone. Yeah. You don't need the internet, man. It's free. The only thing that you own outright is your body. So right. enjoy your genitals, damn it. Yes. <laughs> that freaks people out. But, well, the, the thing with the whole weed discussion, it's been interesting to watch because, you know, I never really smoked or anything mm-hmm. at all. Right. And then when I got sick last year, all the doctors were doing was shoving prescriptions of opiates at me, and I was terrified. I was like, yeah. I don't want to become addicted to this yeah. crap, man. Also, you can't poop on those things. Well, there's yeah. that. It gums up the worst. They were also giving me that. <laughs> uh, that was a whole different terrifying thing. <laughs> um, but I was like, I don't want to take this. Yeah. I don't want to be on Dilaudid or yeah. Vicodin or morphine. So a friend of mine, she has a medical card and a medical marijuana card. And I was like, huh. So I talked to my doctor and she put up a little bit of a fight, but mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, you can do it. So I was like, well, I don't want to smoke. So I'll get the edible, mm-hmm. you know, the gummy dude that helped control any pain. And I was going through some serious, yeah, serious dude. pain. Right. Um, and I just, it worked. It worked for me. Calms down your stomach. Calms down your mind. It's a plant, man. Yeah. I'm not go. I didn't have it and go out and drive my car. You know, it's just. It's like alcohol. Yeah. There are issues related to it. Right. Yes. Yeah. If you abuse yeah. anything, it's going mean, to become a problem. There's side you. effects yeah. to anti-anxiety medication. Yeah, dude. Yes. Okay. I know. I've experienced those like shit. what's you know, muscle relaxers. I mean, yeah. things that that are a lot less regulated and a lot less impactful on you, but it still has a warning. Yep. Hey, don't yeah. operate heavy machinery yeah. with this medication. Yeah. Don't like, sign any legal documents. Right. <laughs> yeah. Don't send any call email. Carlo right. and be like, dude, should I sign this, bro? You know, I think that's the bigger discussion that I'm not aware of if, it, if it's going on or not in the state, but in, in the fight against opiates. Yeah. This is a great 
alternative oh, yeah. to, Dude, no uh, question. to use. Oh, yeah. It's natural, man. It's yeah. a plant. And what's funny about the state of Illinois is that we have all these complaints about Illinois, right? Mm-hmm. So one of my best friends from college, their family owns Nature's Grace and Wellness. It's a oh, grow yeah. operation down in Vermont, Illinois. Okay. And the O'Hearn family, they've always been awesome to me. So like there, when I was in college, we, my wife, my now wife, we would go and ride horses around their property because they had a stock farm called O'Hearn Stock Farms. The beef is incredible. Nice. Um, but... He brought uh, myself and the guys from Hope for the Day down to um, to the grow operation just to kind of have a conversation about how we can work together. Yeah. Because one thing that we do with Hope for the Day is we want to partner with everyone. We yeah. don't have, you know, competitors. We have partners. Yeah. And it's, all right, well, you guys make a product that a lot of people use and some people are using it to self-medicate. How do we get a Hope for the Day message within that type of packaging? You know, and, and those things we're working yeah. on. Awesome. But as we were there, uh, Patrick's dad was kind of giving us a, a, a once-over of the state of Illinois as it pertains to the recreational legalization that's going to take place on January 1. Yep. And people that are south of Peoria are already a little bit different in how they speak. Like oh, you can usually 100%. tell. Yeah. And if you want to judge, not judge, if you want to see where someone's from, ask mm-hmm. them to say insurance. Yeah. Because it's insurance. Yeah. And it's not industry, it's industry, right? So, yeah. like, but as he's saying these things, he's talking about the state of Illinois like mm-hmm. they did something right. He's like, you know what? I might not look like it, you know, and he's got the John Deere hat on, the suspenders mm-hmm. and the plaid yes. shirt and the jeans. He is a farmer. Yeah. And he's giving props mm-hmm. to a Democratic-fronted state government who yeah. set up restrictions and regulations on the cultivation and preparation and sale of marijuana because they have standards that are not seen anywhere else in the country. Mm. Illinois is leading the way yeah. as far as quality. And when I first got elected, I go to this thing every September in Chicago called the Illinois Municipal League. Yeah. And they would have like these sessions about to learn about stuff happening down in Springfield. And they kept on talking about quality. And I'm like, why do you care if it's good or bad weed? Like, it's just like the craft beer industry. If the beer sucks, they're going to go out of business. Yeah, right. Well, that wasn't the quality they were talking about. No pesticides are allowed in any product. Yeah. You have to know what type of THC is in your plant. Mm, Not only that levels. now, at day zero, day 30, and then once it hits that kind of peak period, mm-hmm. like I didn't know this stuff, but I was driving down to Vermont with uh, my friend Aaliyah, and she works in dispensaries. Mm-hmm. And she was telling me, I was telling her about my upbringing, how like, you know, my mom's got some health problems, you know, my dad's got these, you know, shoulder hurts, knee hurts, all that stuff. And she's like, well, have they tried this? And I was like, what are you talking about? Well, did you know that there's something called THCV? Well, after a certain amount of time, when a bud is dried, yeah. the THC literally changes. And huh. the THCV is good for people with memory problems. Really? Or tachycardia. And I was like, you're kidding me. So huh. she's schooling me on the medicinal uses of this plant. Yeah. And I'm like, this is incredible. Yeah. And then when we get down there, not only did he agree with everything that she just said by his own missive, mm. but he was describing the strides that the state of Illinois has taken to make sure that the pilot program remains permanent and that mm-hmm. we start actually analyzing the things that people are using for what types of ailments yeah so right now the reason to get a card is to not only get your Ford card rescinded but it the reason yeah. you do it is so that you have permission to purchase more with less tax less right taxes yeah. but the beautiful thing about that whole card thing is that now what they want to do is they want to track what you have mm-hmm. what you're using and what and works why. and what doesn't yeah. yep and i'm sitting there going my favorite thing about the internet is the fact that we have all this data we can see what it is that we're doing the state of Illinois actually took the lead and is looking at what are we using it for and what works. Yep. Because now we're meeting people where they are. People didn't have MS, you know, 300 years right, ago. Right. Now they've got it and they're using a plant and they're having a better life. Big time. Because they're doing something different than you does not mean that they're bad people. Yeah. This shit works for them. And people thought when Colorado legalized it that they're going to have just a bunch of zombies walking around yeah. high all day. Dude, yeah. it's not like that. It's not like that at I all. I was just in LA, same thing. They have recreational marijuana. And people, oh, people are going to start smoking marijuana. Like, ugh. 
dude, like, you don't know what you're talking about, man. It's not like that right. at all, you know? And it's not that it's going to become more prevalent. Right. It's just that now we have a finger on that pulse because we can set the standard. Yep. And that's something that we're, like, I've talked about sex work with mm-hmm. friends of mine who have been in the industry. Yeah. And they tell me if it was legalized, mm-hmm. if sex work was legalized, not only would there be an actual finger on the pulse understanding what's going on, what the needs are, what the trends are as far as disease and protection and all that stuff, you could actually help someone as opposed to belittling them and saying, oh, you do this and do that. You're a sex worker. You don't deserve my appreciation or my attention. So there's different approaches to everything, but legalizing does not mean you condone it. Right. Legalizing, it means that you set up standards, you set up restrictions, and Mm. you set up protections. Yeah. And that's something that I could not convey quickly to someone who's pointing his fucking finger at me, looking down his nose at me, saying, shame on you. And I'm going, do you even hear yourself? We should do a whole other episode just talking about that. Well, the thing that bothers me about saying shame on you. Right is that that's the only thing that you're judging me for is that. Right. This guy didn't even realize that I used to work out with him three times a week at my uh, uh, the place in my neighborhood. Yeah. Um, but I, then I had a foot injury, a surgery, mm. and I couldn't go do it anymore. The Joel hole. Yeah, the Joel hole. He never <laughs> once said, hey, where you been? He right. started pointing his finger as if all the other issues in the world mean nothing. Right. But he chose to pick on recreational marijuana legalization. Yeah. But it wasn't even that. I didn't make that decision. Right. I just want to make sure that people who can and will open up businesses have a place to do it. Because do it what right some way. cities are doing yeah. is saying, yeah, we allow it. But what they're doing is they're zoning them out of existence. Yeah. Because yeah. if the only place someone can sell pot after it becomes legalized is a field. Mm-hmm. That means it has no utilities, no gas, no water, no electricity. Mm-hmm. Each of those utilities is between twenty dollars and $100,000 to obtain to that location. Yeah. And then ground up freaking construction, bro, yeah. that's a half mil to a mil. Easily. Yeah. Not to mention the freaking licensing and yeah. the, uh, the all the things you Good have to point. apply for. The insurance, the security. Not only that, you have product to buy. Mm-hmm. Or you have plants that you have to allow to grow. Yeah. If you're going to zone it out of existence, why even freaking zone it? Right. right. So like my whole thing was, if you're going to be welcoming, be welcoming. Yeah. Yep. And that, that opinion made people think that I'm like, oh, I want to have a joint in everybody's hand. Well, technically, that'd probably do a lot of good, people especially for the nice. restaurants. You know? yeah. But <laughs> nobody really wanted to have the conversation about reality, yeah. only talking about beliefs. Right. That, that's, that's what drives me nuts. It's just like, you know, it's the, the after effect or the side effect of having it in Yorkville, for, for instance, of whether it's a medical and recreational dispensary is great. But what's the side effect of that? The, yeah, people will probably come to Yorkville. Because mm-hmm. um, I think the only closest one's going to be Aurora, right? North Aurora, yeah. North Aurora right now, but yeah. And um, so besides that, you have people coming here, not all going to Aurora. Aurora is just going to be like dollar, dollar bills, y'all, right. maybe. You and know, even just, then, we don't know that because the thing right. that we got to remember is yeah. that it's only been coming as far as legalization for like six months. Yeah. Do you know how long it takes to plant, yeah. grow? Yeah. Dry, yeah. cultivate, and process marijuana. Twelve weeks. It's <laughs> it's not overnight. <laughs> but Dr. also Green realize that some of those facilities are only so big. Yeah. So there's going to be this huge lag. We think, oh, yes. January one, we can go out and buy doobies. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, we can't buy anything from other states. No. Right. So you have to wait for an Illinois-grown product. You can't to fly any in. No. Yeah. No. So it's understanding that reality is much, well, much different. Didn't that happen in Michigan? Because Michigan recreational just became legal a few weeks ago, yeah, I think. As far as I know. And there were like lines and lines and lines, yeah. and they sold out. Yeah, there's not enough product, which is going to be fun. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I mean, looking forward to the circus. It's going to be very interesting to watch, and we're definitely going to be talking about it a lot more. But, I mean, another another cool thing, that a fun thing that you're involved in, you're, you got your hands in a lot of cookie jars, bro, and I love it. It's all cool stuff. Yeah. 
Um, we didn't even talk about craft beer stuff, but yeah. you guys like king of craft beer. But, um, tell me, tell us a little bit before we wrap up about Yeti Station because I think it's super cool. Cool. So my friend Mike Mancuso um, and his business partner Glenn O'Neill, uh, they own a merchandise company in Aurora called the Yeti. Yeah, it's Y E T E E, and they've been around since the. Before the coolers. Yeah, our friend Orion that used to work here has worked there for quite a while. Yeah, and so the Yeti employs creatives. And they have, so the the cool thing on there, the Yeti, T-H-E-Y-E-T-E-E.com, is that every day they got two designs that are up for 24 hours and they're gone. Yeah. And so you have a a 24-hour window to buy something you like and you can get it in a shirt, tank top, hoodie, whatever. And because of that kind of constant reinvent reinventing of themselves mm-hmm. they do a lot of licensing deals with like video games and stuff yeah. so like cuphead was a big one okay mm-hmm. um i can't talk about it but there's a game that i used to play that has an up up down down left right left right code yep. the company who made <laughs> that game is a future <laughs> licensing partner with them no so there's way. gonna be a whole bunch of stuff that is nice. related to that particular game nice um but because they do a lot in the video game industry and because mike's always been enamored with the idea of the arcade mm-hmm. and we've got friends um, yeah you know around the area that already have successful arcades, uh, he always wanted to open up a free play arcade. Yeah. So a year ago in March, we started looking at locations and we found one. It was a basement. It was like 2,000 square feet. It was going to be great. Yeah. Of course, it's in Aurora and there's a whole bunch of things that have yeah. to happen before you can get to it. Right. So we keep plodding along and we find a location that can work. And it's on Broadway downtown and we start the process. But Aurora, of course, has different rules than everyone else. So we had right. to get a special use. Yeah. We couldn't get the demo done or the construction started until the special use was yep. in place for some reason. So the special use took a bunch of time in the summer. We got approval. Well, we still can't get full demo or full construction permit on the main location because it's, it's an old building. Yeah. And there's residences above a portion of it. There's a basement that doesn't have the right floor. It's just there's a whole bunch a of bunch problems of with it, yeah. which will take money. Yeah. Not just time. It's a lot of money. Sure. And because we got the special use on the entire property we were able to kind of do an interim band-aid open for about 900 square feet about 45 games and it's called yeti station yeah and it's on the corner of broadway and um broadway and galena it's 102 east galena and yeti station is a free play arcade so right now when there's this you know small amount of games you throw in 10 bucks and it's free play and nice. it opens from like 11 or noon till you know midnight uh, midnight on the weekends yeah and so the games that they have are all not only refurbished, but they're all playable. They got some brand new pinball in back. And it's nice. Used. They do a lot with the Japanese uh, yeah. licensing. Yeah. So if you look at their sign inside, it's got the Japanese lettering, and a lot of it emulates you know, some of the arcades in Japan. Okay. But it's, it's joysticks and buttons, and nice. it's people that are just kind of realizing that this is what, is a, it's, what it's about. Right? Yeah. It's taking time for yourself, and this is how you valve out. Yeah. So what's cool about this, too, is that Hope for the Day and Yeti Station have already worked together on a couple different things, but okay. now it's like this is what we're talking about because there is a lot of people in the video game industry, there's a lot of undiagnosed mental illness and depression and, and oh, suicides yeah. in that industry, yeah. and it ties in with technology and how the internet kind of makes all of us the potential superstars that we think we are. And we end up having these people that become kind of rock stars in the industry. (laughs) And when one of them completes suicide, it can devastate the entire industry. Well, Yeti station has already started out with not only bringing, you know, awesome video games to downtown Aurora, but they have plans to further impact their community. And it's not just the t-shirts and the licensing and all the cool stuff that they make. And it's not just the video games. It's the fact that we're all people. Yeah. And like, so through this process, Mike Mancuso went from like a guy that I've always kind of admired because of the way that he took an idea and he made it something fun and something that I wanted to be a part of. Mm -hmm. But he didn't have the bandwidth to be able to process some of the, you know, bureaucratic red tape that goes into opening a business. So my business partner, Jeremy Jensen, who is a freaking ninja with construction and and finances and all that stuff, 
we worked on getting this one property, it, we came into roadblocks. So we explored <laughs> our options and then that's why we opened it up in this smaller location right now while the other one gets ready for the spring. And it's like, this little jump off already has so much momentum. Yeah. Um, we brewed a beer with Oswego Brewing Company. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, called Yeti Station. It's a play off of their pick and raspberries, kettle sure. sour, but it's going to have triple the raspberries. It's awesome. And they checked on it it's yesterday. A a picture. It looks yeah. incredible. It looks like a freaking smoothie. <laughs> um, but we're canning that on Monday. So Yeti Station, the Yeti got to do all the designs. So nice. the can is like the Oswego has like a standard can look. Yeah. It's a thousand percent different. Yeah. It's the first time OBC is going to have anything different. Nice. We got, we're doing a pop-up arcade at yeah. Oswego. So oh, almost cool, the entire uh, Christmas break, yeah. there'll be arcade games at Oswego. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Um, but then we got seven places. So my friends and restaurants, whether yeah. I've opened or helped open them or not. So we got Craft Urban in Geneva, Burger Social in Wheaton, um, Sovereign in Plainfield, Crusade mm. Burger Bar in Yorkville. Gillerson's Grubbery in Aurora, yeah. Gillerson's uh, Gastro Pub in Genoa, and then Flight Bottle Shop in Yorkville is going to sell the cans and on draft. Nice. In some of these locations, we're not going to give away everything, but some of the locations will have an actual free play arcade game at the restaurant. Nice. Um, cool. But then also at all the restaurants, if you buy a beer, you'll get a wooden token. Yeah. You bring the token into Yeti Station, you take two bucks off your admission. Nice. Very cool. But it encourages awesome. people to realize that Oswego is brewing incredible beer and they're yeah. awesome people. Like. Mm-hmm. Mark is just one of my favorite people. Yeah, they're great people down there. Um, but Mark and Chris and, you know, all of those guys are, you know, they're creating their community. Yeah. Well, Yeti Station and the Yeti, they've created their community. True. So thankfully, you know, I do a lot of work with my Hop Smash page on Instagram yep. where I just drink beer and talk about it. Yeah. And I was able to approach Oswego and said, hey, these are my buddies who are opening an arcade. Can we do a beer together? And it was as simple as, yeah, that'd be fun. And then what are we going to do with it? And that's the idea is that when you're small, like all of us are, when you're small, you can partner with anybody. Mm -hmm. True story. So the next step is to work on Oswego Brewing Company and Yeti Station and uh, hope for the day, get something involved on there because that's That's how you build community is you keep, you know, I like saying you keep touching tips, but (laughs) the other way that you do it is you giggle with each other. If you can laugh with somebody... You can, you can do a project with somebody. Yeah, that's and, true. and that's how I'm approaching Hope for the Day, too, because as I get more and more involved with the organization, and like, be, like I'm already an official part of the organization, but once I can put more time into being a part of the organization, I can focus on the cool stuff that I'm just doing kind of as a hobby right now. Yeah. And it's, it's making sure that I'm always leading with the fact that I just like people yeah. and I don't want people to take their lives and I want people to be happy. But also that kind of goes in line with, I just want to be happy. Yeah. And part of the way that I'm happy is by having cool shit happen. Yeah. Right? And so, laugh a little bit. Yeah. That, that's what I'm working on. So the arc- arcade's been open for about a week. Uh, like the, like I said, the interim location, but the next location doesn't mean he's shutting down this one. Right. This one will be, I don't know if it's going to be specifically pinball or just gallery or retail space, but it looks freaking cool as hell in there. And it's open and it's super busy. They just did a new parking lot behind it, which is super well lit. You got to walk through an alley with a huge freaking mural that my friend, uh, Stuck One did. It's like, there's all this cool stuff happening. And the only reason it's happening is because you, you're not afraid to go, Hey, I got a buddy that does this. Can I call him? Sure. Yeah. And Let's that's how it. everything has happened in the last five years. It's all been not word of mouth, but like hitting up the people that I love. And that's, you that's know, it. that's why I'm sitting here. That's right. That's what it's all about, man. That's awesome. Let's, just, let's just have fun. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. Despite any differences or not shame know, people ideologies. Yeah. yeah. Right. Just have fun. I just want to thank Joel, my friend, Joel Frieders again. Thank you. Can't thank you enough. And we're going to have you back. We're going to cool. talk about it. Totally. Cause it's one of the coolest things about Joel is like, he has strong opinions on things, a lot of them that are different than mine, but I love hearing his point of view on stuff and we can talk about it. And 
it makes sense. It'll, cool. you know, so hit up hope, hope for the day on all social medias, hftd.org on the interwebs. Um, and then hit me up if you need something. I'm at Joel Frieders pretty much everywhere. Awesome. Thanks, Joel. I appreciate it, man. Cool. Love you. High five. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Go out and be good people. See, we're on a mission from God.